Welcome to episode 41 of Lost in Immersion, your weekly 45-minute stream about innovation as VR and AR veterans who will discuss the latest news of the immersive industry. Hello, guys. Fabien, if you want to start, please. Hello. Hello, thanks. Um, so today um, I reviewed for you the game named Asgard Wrath. Uh, it's an RPG game which uh, was bundled with uh, the Quest 3. So all the, the uh, people who purchased the Quest 3 recently have that game. And it was just released a couple of days ago. Um, so it's a second version of, of that game. And it's an RPG game. Um, uh, so you have all the characteristics of an RPG. You can choose a character. You can uh, gather objects and improve your skills. And uh, you have an inventory that you can you know, play with uh, different weapons. You can choose where the weapons uh, are uh, on, uh, on your body. And uh, because it's in VR, uh, the, the way that it works is uh, actually very intuitive. Uh, like if you have a, a weapon that is behind your back, you can take it really as if you were taking it in uh, in real, the shield as well. Um, so the overall, my first impression playing that game was it's very easy to, um, to use, actually. And... Um, you can see here, the, there is a map that you can um, display on your wrist and you're just uh, doing like this on your wrist to, uh, to display the map and it works really well. It's a, it's a very small, very simple interaction, but it's really cool to, uh, to do. Um, yeah, like this. So if we move ahead a bit, um, you can see, yeah, here, so, uh, you can see I can throw an ax and this as well, that gesture feels really, really natural uh, when you do it. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, it, it works, it works really well as well. Um, so as you can see, the, uh, quality of the game is pretty good, but um, it's supposed to be actually better. Uh, so that game works on Quest 2. And um, uh, uh, in the next uh, days or weeks, there will be an, an upgrade for Quest 3. Uh, so it's already pretty nice. And uh, hopefully, it will be even better um, on, the, on the Quest 3. Um, <clears throat> so let's see. You can see different type of interactions. Um, here, let's see. Um, so you can see I was pretty close to my guardian, a bit too close <laughs> actually, when I played the game. And let's see another fight here. What about the motion sickness? So you have a... Oh, sorry. Oh. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, <clears throat> so I played it uh, during around eight to 10 hours over the weekend. And yeah, I, I started to feel 
uh, a bit of motion sickness after playing a lot. Um, but overall, um, I kind of get get used to it um, after after a couple of hours. But yeah, the the first day at the end of the day, um, especially when you move a lot, um, because you are staying still, but you are moving in the game. Uh, yeah, I, I was starting to feel a bit of uh, of motion sickness, especially during this type of fight here. Um, so I think I, I mentioned it, but I'm not really good at video games. So my strategy was just to move a lot <laughs> uh, to avoid uh, being hit. And during this kind of uh, of long uh, fights, uh, yeah, I was starting to feel a bit uh, of motion sickness. But it was not that um, that uh, strong. Overall, like the performances of the game were really good. Um, it's it's uh, like the refresh rate and uh, the FPS are really good as well. Um, so it was um, a very nice and pleasant experience, actually. And how many times did you <coughs> run out of battery? Oh, <laughs> so basically, uh, yeah, a, a lot. Uh, so, I, you know, I played uh you know during 30 45 minutes and every time i just like uh put the quest back on charge uh just to be sure um to be honest i didn't look at the level of battery um like uh, how much it was uh, decreasing but uh yeah if if i didn't put it back to uh, to charge it would be uh, out of battery pretty quickly yeah okay so it was about an hour of session, then recharging it, and then one hour of session, something like that. Yeah, it is kind of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so it's a, it's a complete RPG. So you have uh, sequences of fight like this, but you have also, you know, a puzzle to solve um to 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 move forward um so it's pretty cool what do you think um Guillaume? well uh the, to be honest uh, this is the first time i've seen uh, that i've seen this uh video on image of the of the game uh you mentioned that it's supposed to be a triple a game uh, however, for every single environment you shown, you showed that um, I found the, the the game quite empty. Uh, the, the the environment seems to be nice, but there's there are not lots of stuff around. I'm comparing it to to uh, something like uh, Alf Life Elix, for example, which is, to my uh, opinion, uh, the best game that uh, can be done in VR uh, uh, to this date. So uh, what, what about the environment? Do, do you have um, a better environment uh, as you are uh, going forward in the game? Or uh, are they doing this to, to be up to the performances required to have a, a great experience? Um, yeah, it's possible that they are doing that. Uh, 
Indeed, most of the places that I went are quite simple. There is a um, kind of uh, like forest type or jungle type environment, which was more complex uh, with water, uh, plants, trees, uh, stuff like that. So um, I don't know. I, I don't know uh, Half-Life. I didn't have a look at it yet. Uh, I will have a look and uh, uh, to, to compare. I think yeah. to compare, you need to compare with like Red Matter 2, which is running on the headset, because Half-Life Alyx is running on the computer with a, with a link. Uh, I don't think it's it has been released as a standalone application that you can download on the store. So and I don't think it, the performances will be there uh, for this kind of game. So maybe we need to separate the triple A games for standalone headset to triple A VR games for that runs on PC with a, with a cable or mm -hmm. on, on Wi-Fi locally. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, speaking of which, I have to say that uh, just uh, having this and being able to play such a game like it's it's really cool like uh i i was able to uh, uh to give it to my wife she was able to play very quickly um so not being linked to a, to a computer was uh was very um valuable and there is no multiplayer on this game or, or is it i yeah. don't think so yeah, i don't know Um, so yeah, um, like in summary, I really liked uh, like playing these games. Uh, pretty fun, and gets pretty addictive as well. Uh, trying to uh, move forward uh, as much as possible, discovering new capabilities and stuff like that. So, so yeah. storytelling is well done. <clears throat> uh, yeah. It's pretty, uh, sorry, just one last thing. <clears throat> and maybe it's because I'm not really uh, skilled at video game, but it gets pretty difficult. Um, I chose the middle level of difficulty. And uh, yeah, it, it's quite difficult. As you can see. <laughs> okay, so if we don't have anything more to add uh, maybe seb you can get up to your topic sure um one was uh the the, the first we want to talk about i think fabian we wanted to talk about it maybe you you want to go forward on this subject yeah sure um so we explored during this podcast for the past episode uh, a lot of different ways to move in vr and uh, so seb a few months back you tested that um that stand that you were uh, and
if it's new or if it's, or if it's an old concept. Um, but this kind of rollerblade um, in VR, um, and I thought it was a, a pretty interesting idea uh, to maybe have a more natural movement and something maybe a bit less bulky, a bit less expensive than a thread mill. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm curious to know, um, maybe Seb, what you think about this kind of uh, of device and if you think there is a real uh, value. Yeah, like, like I said, when, when I tested the treadmill, I, I feel like it's for specific use case, it's very expensive and you don't have the real feeling of walking freely. You have to really force the way you are walking and and, and when you stop also, you don't stop immediately, you, you move a bit. And it's a complex setup, really hard to calibrate. Here, it seems like it does exactly the same with a simpler setup um, that you can wear directly in your, in your living room. Um, so for me, it does the same. It has the same issue. When you stop, you can see that the feet are still moving. Uh, you still have to uh, force a bit the way you walk, uh, or at least it seems when you look at the user using it. But um, if it's less, way less expensive and way less uh, um, difficult to set up the, the, this kind of uh, system, then it's a win-win uh, compared to what is actually the, the, the treadmill solution. So for me, I will love to, to try it and compare it to what I felt with the, with the treadmill. So maybe at Laval next year, we'll see if they are there. <laughs> What's about you, Ian? Yeah, for, for, yeah, just for to answer the question of uh, Fabian, this is not the first time we've seen these kind of devices that are uh, attached to the feet. Uh, however, it's well, maybe the the, the best come yeah, in the, the best integration or and the the the, 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 the most compact uh, uh, version I've seen so far. So this is very interesting on this part. Um, and uh, yeah, of course, uh, it, it must have the, the same default or defect as the treadmills are have. Uh, however, as you mentioned, it's uh, way less, uh, it requires less spaces and uh, obviously it should be less expensive as well. Uh, however, as you, as you are seeing it, uh, these are wireless, so they should have batteries. And now we, we, we all know that the, the issue with those kind of devices are is uh, the the autonomy so uh, if you have your meta quest that can do only just about one hour and your shoes can do can do only 30 minutes um yeah your experience is uh is not that long in vr so obviously there will be some improvement on that on that part we are all waiting this uh these better batteries for for all these kind of devices but yeah it's encouraging to see that maybe we will find some new way um, 
new 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 ways of uh, locomotion in VR that are uh, more natural. But uh, I guess we discussed about it earlier uh, before we we started the podcast. But these kind of uh, devices uh, seems to be using a more natural way of uh, moving. However, if you are not walking as we are walking naturally, because it requires to to do some slight uh, uh, difference in here, uh, it could be helpful for for our knees or hips, and uh, uh, we should be very careful about the use of these uh, technologies. We we if you tried the uh, it was uh, the cat cat VR or Cyberith, those. Um, kind of treadmill where you you have to slide with your socks on a uh, on a, on a, a special surface uh, you all know that it's not it doesn't feel natural and uh, and you you can have some muscular um, uh, harm uh, if you are if you are using it for too long because it's it's not the way you're working naturally hmm. And here, clearly, we can see that he's not walking uh, <clears throat> steadily and confidently as uh, when you walk naturally. Yeah, he's moonwalking, in fact. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say that, yeah, for the moonwalk, it's it's perfect to learn how to, to do the moonwalk. Right. That's it for that subject. Yeah. Uh, so... On my side, I wanted to talk about this uh, Meshi and Unity um, plugin that allows you to generate model directly in the editor and texture them uh, also directly in the editor. So this is a video showing uh, a guy using it in uh, in his environment to add content and quickly iterate and change the color of the texture, change the color of the table, but also generate some wardrobe, some 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 furniture inside the place. <clears throat> and it's directly what is really amazing, it's directly usable inside the the game editor in Unity here. So yeah, it's really fastened the, the way to iterate and create and generate uh, 3D model without having, even adding, having the needs of uh, an artist to, to help on that part. Or 3D artist, I mean. Uh, you still need an artist to have a vision of what what you want to do, but uh, you don't need a specific skills to make the 3D model and, and take some time to do the UV texturing, which takes a lot of time. Uh, here, uh, it's uh, all automatic and very fast to to generate and the end result seems really nice and already optimized for for um, for VR, for example. So that's also a task that is quite hard. Sometimes you, you work with graphics and at the end, uh, when you have all the assets set up in your scenes, you realize that uh, you need to do optimization everywhere and <clears throat> break a bit the quality of your game to to manage the fps of your device so so yeah i feel that it seems to be really usable right now so i, I need to download the plugin and, and do some tests on my side but uh, yeah what are your thoughts on that um yeah it's it seems to be really cool 
Uh, I, I didn't know that they were able to generate meshes, uh, which is uh, um, which is really really nice. But um, uh, what I what I think with this type of tools is that <clears throat> uh, at the level of accuracy that the AI is right now on meshes, <clears throat> uh, it really makes sense to have an AI generate textures because it's quite performance. So you can have wood, metal. I mean, you know, it's it's much easier to have something that really matches what you need, what you want. <clears throat> um, but with my experience with uh, generation of 3D meshes, um, even with a lot of uh, prompt engineering, as we say, uh, it takes a lot of time to really narrow down uh, your your model into something uh, what into what you really want. Um, so so yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to test it as well. Um, but I definitely agree on the texture part. I think it it's really uh, really uh, speed up the the process. What about you, Guillaume? Uh, just uh, one question. Uh, is it something that we'll have to pay for? Uh, well, uh, two, two questions, in fact. So, well, uh, if this is uh, uh, something that we had to pay for because now with Unity, uh, we can be uh, a bit, yeah, we have some suspicion <laughs> for some uh, plugins. And the other one is, do you have information about how the AI is trained and how uh, our, our objects will be used as a knowledge database for, for the AI, which is also another um, subject about the AI uh, with Unity that they are using uh, the content for, for their own uh, knowledge bases, uh, which are not uh, something that the 3D artists are willing to to share or give. So do you have information about this? I, I don't, but uh, yeah, definitely to dig into that to see what is uh, what is the constraint behind that, yeah. <clears throat> and and what is the, yeah, the, the policy and the regulation on the, your data, your generation of model and mm -hmm. on what it has been trained. So I definitely need to dig into that, but uh, um yeah i wanted just to to show off uh, that that's coming inside the the, the game editor to yeah. fasten uh, the the process of uh, making environment and ease that part which is great because uh, <clears throat> as we said as we said there is not a lot of uh, environment and games to to play with uh, right now and it takes a lot of time to to develop so bringing that that kind of tools will help the, yeah the, the bringing more games to the or more environment and more VR or, or environment to the to the party yeah yeah speaking of uh, of that I saw that uh, Roblox also has um, so it's not unity but they also have like a, a generative AI into the studio. Roblox Studio, so it's coming as well for this kind of um, of platforms. Yeah. 
Right. And my last subject, what about uh, this um, <clears throat> Google uh, paper relief uh, about SMURF, the streamable memory efficient radiance field uh, for real time learning exploration? <laughs> uh, very long name to say that it's a streamable uh, NERF. So being able, uh, NERF was, uh, had an issue before, it's that it was too easy to load uh, on different platforms and be able to look at the 3D environment that you generate with, uh, with pictures. And here they found a way to stream only the, the point cloud that are, or at least only the, the, the from the position where you are in the scene uh, to stream only that data to win some performances and be able to navigate through uh, directly in a browser. So before it was like uh, 0.25 FPS with normal uh, nerf and with their technique. <clears throat> so here it's a record but made with a lot of picture and resequence afterward. And here they got the real time uh, at uh, 144 FPS with their systems. So here the camera navigates freely in the 3D environment and uh, yeah, we can see that it's only being made with pictures being taken at, at the place. And uh, directly on the website, they offer the way to navigate directly to their system. And yeah, when, when you get closer, you see that there is not a lot of uh, of information there <clears throat> but if you look at the place and the amount of points that are loaded that's very impressive so if you have any thought about that if you have seen the, the news <coughs> Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it's uh, it's it's amazing that it works so well in uh, over internet, in uh, browser. Um, I think a lot of um, usage on uh, you know virtual tour, um, uh, virtual retail, um, this movies. Uh, experiences like that, um, maybe a competition to uh, the Apple Vision Pro um, special videos. Um, so I don't, uh, no, not maybe not because it's only one point of view here. It's not uh, 3D, but uh, maybe it will come. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah it's it's very yeah, as you can fun see, to see much. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, just uh, okay. just to to see yeah the the fact that there is some kind of competition between two two technologies the first one being the nerf and the second one being the gaussian splatting and we are seeing that the they are trying to correct uh, one of the main uh, issue with the nerf which was uh, which is uh, was in, in that case the fact that it was not real time so they are trying to to 
to correct that. And uh, of course, the, the results are, are great. So if we can have this kind of results uh, being real time and get this inside the VR headsets as we can do with the Gaussian splatting, I guess Nerf would be back at the first place uh, right now, which is not because now the Gaussian splatting has more traction, especially because it has uh, this real-time uh, capability. So uh, let's let's see what can be done. And uh, I don't know if it's open source or not, but it would be great if we could uh, try this uh, by our on our own. The paper seems to be open source, but I don't know if they released anything that is usable directly for for us. It's using Google DeepMind in in the background, so I don't know how much uh, <clears throat> the AI tool is is used on that. Uh, if if so, uh, I don't think it's open because DeepMind is not available yet. So. We talk about that, but that may be a way to show off while it's not available for the for everyone and, and show off what they're working on for the tools uh, before they release everything uh, early next year. We'll see. And that's it, Fabien, do you want to react more mm -hmm. on that? That's for me, thanks. Right, so we can move on to your subject, Gil, uh, yeah, which is related. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is a perfect transition. So you talked about Nerf slash uh, Nerf. Uh, I would like to to add that uh, Gaussian splitting is getting an upgrade as well. Uh, we all know that this kind of algorithm uh, can be uh, a real pain because uh, when you are doing your capture, you have to wait for. Um, the, the training of the Gaussian splitting algorithm for you to see the, the result. And uh, sometimes it can be frustrating uh, because you, you, you spent a lot of time capturing uh, your images and uh, the result is not as good as you expected it to be. And uh, this new paper showed that uh, they implemented SLAM on top of Gaussian splitting, which allows you to have uh, some kind of real-time results of what you're getting with the Gaussian splatting. So uh, they, uh, what they are doing is that uh, they are using a video stream. They are getting uh, an image every three FPS. And this image is uh, uh, used uh, for the Gaussian splatting rendering. Uh, so instead of using classical point cloud uh, that we, we've, we've already seen uh, in the past years when you are some kind of scanning your room with the, the SLAM technology. Uh, they are using this, but uh, they are uh, using the Gaussian splatting rendering uh, at, the, at the end phase of this uh, algorithm. So uh, very interesting to see what you are scanning, uh, quote-unquote, but... Um, yeah, I guess this is a real improvement uh, of the, the whole pipeline for you to get something that can be usable uh, with Gaussian uh, splashing. And they also added the fact that they, you can use RGB camera, so classical 
uh, camera that uh, we've been using uh, now for Gaussian spotting, but you can use also uh, RGB plus a depth a depth uh, depth camera. So um, I guess it should be better. Uh, however, the camera they use it's a Intel DepthSense, which is some kind of an old camera. Uh, so the depth sensor is not that good in terms of uh, resolution. So maybe if you can plug in a better depth camera, uh, we we could have uh, better um, results about this. So uh, they will be releasing the algorithm on February. So we'll be testing it, uh, I guess, uh, next year. And uh, we will do a, a follow-up on this. It's cool if, if it can work as well on, uh, you know, like LiDAR uh, cameras like the iPhone. That could be um, a really a nice add-on as well. And are you able, if you detect that one of the pictures that you took um, was like blurry and it's impacting the wall rendering, is there any way to go back to all the pictures that are used to remove some of them or well uh, the... I, I don't think that I, I don't think that there is this kind of feature in this algorithm specifically however I've seen that uh, it's a Luma AI I guess that is implementing Gaussian splitting as well as one of their services um, and they can uh, and they are providing the fact that you can select and erase the, 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 the point uh, inside the Gaussian splicing rendering that are not um, uh, at their place or that are making some noise. So uh, you can do some post-processing on your Gaussian splicing using the Luma AI. Uh, I, I, and I didn't try it yet, uh, but I, I will. Because uh, we know that in, in Unity, for example, you can do some exclusion, inclusion uh, space uh, for the Gaussian blob or Gaussian splats uh, for you to, to have a better result. Uh, but we, we are doing some improvement as well in, in this post-processing Gaussian splatting or enhancement of the Gaussian splatting display. So very interesting to see uh, the, the evolution of this uh, technology as well. Yeah, and like you said, <clears throat> I agree with you. It's very painful to do a lot of picture, go back to your computer and try it and see that something went wrong <laughs> and you don't end up with a 3D model you, you want it, so you lose time. Uh, going back and taking back some pictures. So yeah, if it's, is there is some tools like that that can, uh, could help uh, the process. Also maybe measure that you are not moving and taking the picture only when you are stable, that, that could help too. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I guess we, we did all the topics that we wanted to address. Uh, so do you have anything, anything more to add guys or? Yes, uh, very quickly. 
Um, Microsoft released Word and Excel for uh, MetaQuest. Uh, so I tried it. And as expected, uh, the experience is uh, not really great, to be really honest, um, because it's just simply uh, like putting a Word or Excel in mixed reality in front of you. Um, and uh, because Word or Excel involve a lot of mouse and uh, typing on the keyboard, I mean, until the, I don't know, we have some kind of brain interface to type really quickly um, or and the headsets are lighter and have a better uh, resolution. I personally, I don't really see a usage for 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 Word or Excel in uh, in mixed reality. So yeah, that was just a very quick test. Thank you for your feedback. Is there <laughs> any way to connect your keyboard? Or... Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, is there any way to connect your keyboard and use directly uh, the pass-through to see your keyboard and type directly, like the Vision Pro, like what I foresee with the Vision Pro as a use case? Uh, so I didn't try that. I didn't go that far, but yeah, I think I saw uh, pictures on the website that have a, a keyboard, and it's it's really like uh, it's really full mixturality. You just have the the big window um, in front of you, so um, I, I'm sure there are ways to connect the keyboard. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, Seb. Anything more? Nope, that's it for me. Okay, great. So this is a wrap up for today. The, just uh, for you to know, there won't be any more episodes for 2023. We'll be back on January the 9th uh, for uh, a new season of Lost in Immersion in 2024. So see you guys next year and uh, have a happy holidays. Yeah, thanks. Happy holidays. Thank you, guys.